Right, folks, we are going to dive in. So, and this first little bit, and I promise it, it, it's not going to be through the whole of our talk time, but this first little bit is a little bit interactive, um, which involves standing, um, but you only have to do it once, hopefully. Okay? Um, so we're introducing um, kind of the year and, this, and, and sort of slightly bigger picture um, thoughts as a church. Mark's going to be introducing our first session that we're going to do on our new sermon series, which is The True Vine, and he'll go on and explain that in a little while. But I thought it would be a really, really good time, and actually I found it a real blessing um, to do this myself, is just to have a little bit of context with Vineyard as a church movement, Vineyard West Wilts. So, you know, who are we? What, what are we about? What's our heritage? Where are we going? It kind of will set the scene a little bit for as we then step into what the rest of this term's about. Is that, is that fair? Are you going to be standing there the whole time I'm talking? It's put me off. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, and I think one of the reasons why it's particularly important for us as a church family to, and to have and share um, those connections and that understanding is because this church has been through a huge transition, particularly over the last three, four years, and particularly in the last sort of six months. So we've just seen a lot of people come in to the church and... Um, you know, we're, we're this lovely welcoming family and we just kind of carry on with it, don't we? But actually, I think just to have a little bit of detail about where we're going, where we've been. And I just thought our little interactive exercise, so it involves standing up at some point and also kind of turning around and having a little look what's around, is that um, the church, this particular church, has been around for um, nearly 20 years. And it was run, so our predecessors were Sam and Jason Wiley. They were the ones that established the church. So they originally started as a very small church plant, and then it grew. Um, and eventually, before the pandemic, it moved into this building, having been around in various guises and forms in buildings around Trowbridge. Um, so I thought it'd be really, really good just if we could kind of see what the movement has been during that time frame between... 2004, which is when it started, and when, um, well, up to now, this point, okay? So, so if you were around in 2004, at the very, very beginning, could you stand up? We got anyone? Anyone, anyone? Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do like year by year because we'll be here forever. So I'm just going to jump, I'm going to jump five years, okay? So that was in its kind of small form. And then I'm going to move to 2009. So is anybody, hey, look at this. <laughs> Way. <laughs> okay, so if you don't mind carrying on standing, because we're going to add to, 
We're adding to the number, which is very biblical, okay? So, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short so people don't get sore legs. So, if you were part of uh, Westworld's Vineyard in 2014, so grab a stand, let us see you. Okay. If you were part of this church family in 2019, have a look again. Right, so you, you're basically seeing, sorry, I interrupted a great big rapturous applause there. Um, yes, thank you, Stevie. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're at 2019, so you can see the kind of growth rate that we've got here. Um, 2021, so we kind of, okay, so this weird season now, post-pandemic, so this is kind of, you know, where maybe there's been some growth and some changes that we haven't known about because people haven't physically been together. 2022. That's it. And then 2023. Okay, you can all have a clap now. <laughs> okay, amazing. Thank you. Do you want to grab a seat? So we are a young church. Um, a lot of churches that, that we kind of have got around in, in and around Trowbridge are much more established and they might not be as big, but they have been around for a much, much longer time and, and possibly with slightly older congregations. Um, but we are also part of quite a young church movement, which is the vineyard movement. And for those of you that don't really know very much, I'm going to do a very fast potted history um, just so that, again, you've got a little bit of context and maybe understands a little bit more about the house style for why we do what we do in the way that we do it. Um, so Vineyard has been around um, since the early 70s um, in, its, in its very tiny form. It, was, it started off in the States and it kind of came out of um, the Jesus People movement. Anybody remember that? few people, so 1960s, it was quite a significant time. And it was during the sort of hippie era where you had this young generation of people who were struggling with the context that they were living in and the, the kind of industrial crazy materialism. And people be began to explore spiritually because surely there must be something more to us just existing on planet earth and, and working and dying you know so there was this there's this hunger um for something new something different and for for, for those folk part of the hippie movement it wasn't dr about drugs and sex and alcohol because that wasn't it either so we saw this sort of birth of the um, Jesus People movement, and it was massive. It had a huge impact in the States, and loads and loads of people came to faith. And people like Bob Dylan and Keith Green were all part of that movement, a lot of musicians and artists. So, so already, we're kind of setting the scene for the type of church that the vineyard grew out of. Um, the vineyard, as John Wimber, and Carol Wimber led it, came out of a church plant out of Calvary Chapel, which has kind of got its roots in um, the Quaker movement, this idea that you wait upon the Lord with expectancy. You don't rock up for a service that's, you know, all been decided and planned out. You, you wait 
And that is something that we've kind of carried over into Vineyard. That's why often we just have a time of worship at the beginning. And, you know, there are times when, you know, Mark and I or whoever's leading and preaching have got a really, really clear idea of what's going to happen. And there are other times where actually, actually don't. But that's okay because we just allow the spirit to lead. And that's a really important characteristic of Vineyard. And the worship has come out of the fact that John Wimber himself was a musician who had lived through the 60s and 70s, um, had found that just doing being a Christian wasn't enough. It was actually he had a hunger for the spirit. And him and Carol have had a massive, massive, I can't even begin to tell you the influence it's had on the Western church. Huge, huge impact. So whether, whether you've been in vineyards all this time, you've been in house church movements, you've been in Pentecostal movements, whether you've been in the Church of England, Baptist, Methodist, wherever, all of the charismatic thread that have been running since the early 80s has come through the ministry of John and Carol Wimber. And we have got that legacy. There's something really significant about that. New Wine. So if people, anybody been to New Wine? A whole bunch of you. Spring Harvest. Anyone heard of David and Mary Pitches? Anyone heard of David Watson? And that, right. So can you, can, that's all come out of this one movement. And in, uh, let me just find my, I'm, terrible with dates and remembering dates. So in 1987, um, there was so much activity happening in the States where the Holy Spirit was just reawakening the church. And people were suddenly discovering healing, um, gifts of the Spirit, um, how to prophesy, how, all these things that for a long time had just been you know, in the Bible, but not necessarily something that you'd recognize as a characteristic from a church meeting point of view, um, that people were going over to the States to see how John and Carol Wimber were, were doing this stuff. And also they were coming over to England and ministering to some of the church leaders out there. And it had such a huge impact on a couple called John and Ellie Mumford. Anyone heard of Mumfords? Or Mumfords and Sons? Anyone heard of that? Yeah? So that family were originally, um, John Mumford was a uh, Church of England vicar and had the kind of same thing. Surely there's more. Surely there's something more. When I read my Bible and I, and I see what was happening in, in Acts and I hear about the stories of healing and transformation, surely there must be something more. And the Mumfords went over to the States and uh, they had a conversation with John and Carol and it was agreed that they would start the first vineyard, so that was 1987, in London um, and the rest is, is history. So now there's probably, let me have a look, um, I would say... Probably about, I'm, I'm trying to be as accurate as possible, 2,400 vineyards around the world in about 95 countries. So it's global. It's, an, it's, a, it's a global movement. Um, and since um, John and Ellie were leading, they've, they've now kind of stepped aside to oversee some of the, 
um, international work and John and Debbie Wright are our national leaders. So those are basically our bosses. Um, but something that the, the, the Wimbers introduced, which is, is the bit that I kind of want to land on, there, there are particular characteristics about Vineyard. Um, and you'll, you'll notice that sort of exterior-wise when you're looking in, they're always very, very high and strong on social uh, justice and ministering to the poor. That's a massive, massive part of Vineyard, being a welcoming community um, and uh, having a worshipping community that is where we, we kind of value that time, that gathered time together, worshipping together. But there, were, there are four aspects of that that I just want to pick up on. So firstly, in the Vineyard movement, and Mark and I, by the way, we have followed this thread since we became Christians in the early 90s and have been sort of in and around new wine, in and around um, lots of vineyard um, events. And two years ago, we stepped out of the Anglican church, a little bit like the Mumfords did. Um, and, and obviously, we're here now. Anyway, so the shape of vineyard, the house style, as it were. First of all, the theology of the kingdom of God. Okay, this idea that we're not all sitting in a waiting room having been saved and then one day we'll go to heaven and everything will be fine. Okay, when, we, when you become a Christian, you um, become part of the wider story of the kingdom of God now and to come. Okay, so and that might sound really, really normal because a lot of you have been in churches like that. But at the time, that was really, really radical. It's a really radical change um, of thinking. So that, you know, the, the, the journey into kingdom starts the moment you become a Christian. Secondly, it's about equipping all the saints, all of us. So it's not about one priest or a couple of priests or a few people who are, who are in a kind of raised position. It's about everybody um, learning how to do this stuff, that we work together as a family. And the third thing is about intimacy with worship and having welcoming communities. And I hope just even if you're new here that that's something you've experienced this morning. Um, and then the final thing um, is that everybody gets to play. Okay? So that it might not be a creed that's written kind of at the back of church, but those are the, those are the things that you will find in all vineyard churches that are really, really key. Um, and the reason why that's important for today is kind of as we're stepping into what this next season looks like and you know I've talked about the baskets Jez has talked about the old stuff that there's something about us standing in the legacy of where we've come from and stepping forward in expectancy and hopefully great abundance with where we're heading to and Mark's going to unpack the very first bit of our Vineyard series. And it, was that too long? No, darling. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. But we just, but, but, but off the back of that, don't go away yet. Because um, we were, because the church is, if you like, so new, we just want to make it really clear to help you connect. So if you are new and you are not, you haven't kind of gone, I'm here. Um, we would love to help you connect. You can do that by filling in one of these cards. Uh, there's a bunch of them on the table, and someone who is friendly uh, will be there too, like Mart. 
Will you stand? You can find Mart either by that table or somewhere in the back. If you need help with that, he will help you do that. Because we'd love to help you connect. And then friendly people, either Sue or Tim or someone, uh, will, um, will give you some info and help you connect. But we're also doing a few new things um, this term. So the first one is sometimes on a Sunday, there's not the space to kind of go deep in the teaching. So once a month, uh, roughly, we're going to have an evening where we can go a bit deeper in the teaching, and it's called Equip, and the first one is next Sunday evening, and I'm going to be speaking for about an hour-ish. Uh, um, and, and it's literally, it's going to be rock up. There might be a song at the start, but then we're just going to dive in and we're just going to press into some of that kind of teaching stuff. And it will be recorded as well. But if it's helpful for you to come to some of those, come to the ones that are going to be helpful. Yeah? Because we love just to go deep. So next week, Sunday evening, I'm going to be speaking on transformed thinking and how we can take some of those words of Scripture and how we can live differently. So if you'd find that helpful, maybe especially if you struggled with anxiety or stuff like that, this will be a really, really helpful time for you. Uh, that's a good question. Six o'clock. Uh, six o'clock here, um, and um, we'll dive in and come ready. Bring a Bible. Um, the other thing is new wine. We're going, aren't we? Why are we going? Uh. <laughs> So new wine, um, for those of you who've got absolutely no idea what we're talking about, um, new wine has been running um, since the early 90s um, and is an opportunity to go away with your church or your Christian friends um, and camp and go to lots and lots of worship teaching. I can see some people already going, oh, Mark, I'm not camping. We're, we're no going way. in something with walls. No way. Like a van or a caravan. Uh, yes. Um, but it is, for, for those of you who haven't been, it's extraordinary times of worship and uh, ministry and some really fantastic teaching, loads of testimonies. And it's that one point in the year where you, it is heaven on earth, you know, not the rain, not the mud, but the rest of it. It is so encouraging. There are lots and lots of other things going up on over the summers. So I'm, I'm not saying it's exclusive, the only thing. But it's just moved back to Shepton Mallet. Yes. So um, we've already booked our tickets. There are a couple of people who've already booked their tickets. But can I recommend it? Um, even if you haven't got the time or the finances to be able to do the whole holiday, there are op you can do day passes. You can do um, stay over in a nice hotel you know, be there for a couple of days. But it's just, it's just wonderful. And the thing for me is that reminder that we are not on our own. Yeah, there absolutely. are thousands of people all going through the similar stuff, all having to contend for, for, for Jesus and his name being glorified. And it's just a lovely opportunity. Um, and I have done my bit on camping, by the way. I don't do camping. Brilliant for families. Thank you, Cathy. Great so if you've got babies all the way up through to teenagers, they have lots and lots of provision. Um, and all my kids have given their life to Jesus at New Wine. Just right. thought I'd say that.
Yes, thank you. I'll, um, it, we, in my old place of work, we would call this a clerical error. I can't say that now, can I? Uh, a few other things. Um, uh, life groups here are really important. Small groups that meet in homes, that meet in coffee shops, all over the place. If you're not in one, it's a key place to kind of, because it's the place where you can eyeball people and go, hey, what, what do you think about this Bible verse? How, how's your praying? How's that going? And you actually get to shape each other's lives as you walk with Jesus. Um, if you're not on a team, we'd love you to be on our team. And if you, uh, if you, if you want to give, we'd love you to give, but do it generously and joyfully. If you haven't heard my talk, uh, go and watch the talk. Uh, it's online about generous giving. And um, uh, here's the joy box. We have one of these, and the reason why it's got, it's got, if you're giving coins, then you can give it joyfully, uh, and it'll make you smile as you do it, um, but you can also do that by standing order. You Slightly less joyful. Are you rushing? No, I just want to go on and preach, you know? Okay. Was it because I talk too long? <laughs> no, darling. No, it was really good. I liked it. We're gonna, I'm going to extract the text and put it on the website. Shall we, um, we look at the Bible? All right, come on then. Um, oh, I forgot something. The postcards. Yeah. Look, we've done these postcards. Uh, there are currently three of them. There's a V-Kids one, which has been around for a little bit. Uh, and there is... Um, uh, this one is kind of like a general introduction to West Wilts Vineyard. And the other one is kind of like this term. Uh, we're going to be looking at the vine. Um, can I encourage you to take them um, and give them away? Because what I'd love to do is I'd love to have to reprint them. Um, so the idea is you, it's not just for you to have the information, leave it on your fridge, go and post it through your neighbor's door and say, hey, come along and uh, join in with what is going on. Um, I'm going to dive in. We're going to look at this, uh, these verses together. In fact, let me pray first. Father God, thank you for the, the history, those that have gone before us in this place around the world following you. And Lord, in this, in this time, in this season, Help us to be the kind of people that remain in you so that we can be fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen. So this term, as much as I've been speaking quite fast, we're going to go really slowly through John chapter 15, the first kind of 16 verses, 16, 17 verses or something like that. We're going to basically do one verse each week. Those who are really, really, you know, we feel they can handle it, those preachers, they might get two verses. But we're going to go slow. Because this set of verses is all about remaining in him so that we can be fruitful because he delights in us because he, he has called us friends. So the opening, the opening verse goes like this. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Or in the Amplified Version, it says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, the one that takes care, tends the vines. These are some of the last statements of Jesus to his followers. The following day, it all, it all lands He's on trial. He gets crucified. So these are some of the last precious words of Jesus to his friends. And they come as a, as a set of seven 
phrases. They're, they're called the I am sayings, and they're all in John's gospel. I'm going to highlight those in a moment, but, um, but first of all, I, I, I just wanted to bring you uh, the fruit of my work over this summer, because uh, we have planted a vine in our garden. And um, this is, I've worked really hard <laughs> for this. It, it's a vine. It's, it's a bunch of grapes. There are, in fact, on, on our vine, there are, don't shake your head at me, Grace Farmond. Just, I've worked really hard at this, and I'm not that smug. Um, there are 11 of these on, on our vine, and me and Tom have been, you know, training this thing and, and pulling off the, the, the extra leaves. I didn't know you had to pull off the extra leaves and, and pull off the other tentacle things so that, so that we would actually this year have some grapes. And I'm, I am really proud of these. And we look at them out of our kitchen window and they are disgusting. <laughs> That's humility, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. I shall leave them across the front as a little picture for you. So, so you can all enjoy them, fruit of my work. But the thing is this, these would not have grown had they not been part of the vine. These would not have grown had I not pruned the vine. They just, they, they just wouldn't have been there. And so, so I am proud of the fruit of, of my labor. <laughs> in, in John's gospel, there are these wonderful sayings. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine is the last one. The, these statements are so amazing and so rich. If you jump back to Exodus chapter 3, there's, uh, there's this guy called Moses, and he has been wandering around the wilderness for ages, and then he has this encounter with God, and there's this bush, and it's burning, but it's not burning, and he has to take off his shoes because he's on holy ground, and, and, and God meets him in that place and speaks to him. And he gives him a commission to set his people free. And, and Moses is, is a man of, uh, you know, troubled words and he has, lacks the confidence. And, and he says, well, you know, when I go to the Pharaoh and say, you're, I, we, we, are, you, God's people are to be free, you're to let us go. Who, who am I to say sent me? You know, that seems quite an important thing if you're going to stand before the king of the Pharaoh of Egypt. And God responds like this. God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. So when Jesus says, I am, he's not just saying some nice little phrases. He's saying, that God of the Old Testament, I am standing in front of you, not me, him. 
It's, it's, this, it's these powerful phrases where Jesus declares that he is God. Before everything, there was the God who is I am. There's nothing that has been made or that we can think of that defines him. He defines everything else. And so when we start with how we want to live and define God from there, we'll always get ourselves into trouble. But when we start with the great I am who has made himself known in the person of Jesus and allow him to shape our lives, then we're on a good standing. You might look at these phrases, these I am phrases, and go, oh, they're, they're a wonderful kind of picture, metaphor of what God is like. And, and in part, that's true, but, but I think they're more than that. I think they're not just a picture or a metaphor. They're like titles. They're a declaration of who God is, of who Jesus is. And so they're worth dwelling on them, and we're going to spend the whole term basically in just one of them. For Jesus to say, I am the true vine, and how might we respond to that, I think makes it really clear that it's all about Jesus. And we, together, and I know because I hear this from you, we want this church to be all about Jesus. Not about God, with a small g, or the divine, or whatever other words we might use, but being really clear, we're about Jesus, who is God and has made himself known. We're about Jesus, who has uh, cleaned and forgiven and healed, and yes, is pruning us. We're about Jesus, because that means that we can be in the Father's vineyard. We're about Jesus because in him we are alive. We're about Jesus because in him we get filled afresh and daily with the Holy Spirit. We're about Jesus because only in him can we be fruitful. So if you like, uh, part of what we're going to do this, this term is, is we're going to just highlight some things to you that we've been thinking about, that we've been talking about with a number of you about, if you like, vision for this place about what, we, what we're hearing God might be doing. And so we're going we're gonna to be kind of dropping bits of it in over the course of this term and highlighting it. And, and you've, got a, you've got a few of them as kind of sneak peeks on, on here, little previews. But the first one that I just want to introduce, and with this I'm going to come into land, and then we're going to pray, is this little phrase that West Wilts Vineyard is here so that we can discover full life in Jesus. Okay? If you like, it's the unprinted sign. Actually, I have printed it. It's on a whole load of stuff. Um, it's the unprinted sign that should be above the door as people come in. That whenever they bump into West Wilts Vineyard, it should be the kind of place where anybody can discover full life in Jesus. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your history is that this is the kind of place where you can discover full life in Jesus. And the great thing about the phrase is it doesn't exclude any of us who might have been following for one or two or more decades. Because actually we've got things to discover about what it means to have full life in Jesus. 
So if you like this phrase, and it's on, it's on both of these little postcards, is the sign above the door. It's an invitation to discover more of who Jesus is and because of him who we are. It is all in Jesus. It is all about Jesus. You see, in him we're set free of our sin. In him we are citizens of heaven. In him we are alive. In him we are overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And in him we can have full lives. And we can be fruitful. And you stand and we're going to pray. So Meg, your, your pitch was perfect because I've been brief. <laughs> Come on, we're going to pray. Oh. One of the other phrases that you've, you've heard me say, and you're going to hear more of it this term, is that we gather around the presence of Jesus, the person of Jesus. As we gather like this, as we gather in homes, he's here. He promises to be with us always, even to the very end of the age. His Holy Spirit is here. And he wants to move amongst us right now. It might be that there's a practical thing that you need to do. It's been a bit more information heavy this morning. Maybe there's a practical thing about just getting connected with here or finding a life group. Or maybe it's a, maybe it's a heart response. So Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. And that is an active response. It says throw off. Um, and I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit uh, because we want to we wanna be running the race. We want to be doing the stuff and we don't want to be getting tied down to all those old things. So Holy Spirit, we just we invite you to come. And Lord, we choose to let go of the stuff that often hinders us or sometimes causes us to stumble. And Lord, there's stuff in there that we know about. But by your spirit, I pray that if there are things that you want to highlight, that we're listening.
and he wants to replace the stuff that you're going to throw off or hand him, like the basket. He wants to replace that with joy. Joy in abundance. So why on earth would you want to hold on to the old stuff? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Rest upon thanks. Jesus, you are welcome. Perhaps for this season, you know, might not be hearing or feeling anything, and that's okay. But the season of just saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that thing. Yes, when you just need to say, yes, Lord, he'll do the rest. As we, as we respond to him, there's lots of stuff that comes into our, into our heads and our thinking. I have this really simple set of prayers as that, I've, that I've had over the last couple of months just to be able to, to lay some of those things down really quickly so that I can respond to him. And it simply goes like this. And some of you might want to pray it along with me or just say amen to it as we go, as we're standing and as we're responding to him. And you simply, you take a hand and you, and you lay it down. And I, I simply pray this. This is my prayer. You can have it for free. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The church is the Lord's and everything in it. My family are the Lord's and everything in them. I am the Lord's. See what it does? It takes that kind of set of circles of worry. goes, I set them down, I set them down. Holy Spirit, come and come and do what you want to do in me now. And for some of you, as we pause like this, you you become more conscious of the worries than you do of Him. This is an invitational place to set those things down, to gaze upon Him. As you gaze upon Him, so He does the transformation.
think there's a few here as well that maybe you've been kind of either out of touch with Jesus for a long time or or maybe you haven't met him yet. Kind of look at what's happening here today with the noisy worship and then the speaking and and then this space at the end. Is there anything in it? What I'd say to you is this, is Jesus is here. He has made you and he loves you. And it's okay to safe place to come and set down your stuff, your agenda, even your way of thinking, and to say yes to him. Because his purposes for you are good. <laughs> his plans for you are good. He's got fruitfulness for you. But it starts with acknowledging him as king. You might just want to pray this with me. Jesus, I acknowledge that you're king. That you're God. The great I am. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Where I've been king, not you. Thank you that you died on the cross to pay for all that stuff so I could be free. Thank you for forgiving me. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can have the full life that you promise. If you've recommitted in this moment, we'd love to hear from you, to walk with you, you said yes to Jesus for the first time maybe then we'd love to hear from you we'd love to help you to discover more of the fullness of life that Jesus has for you some of you it might be helpful to have an act response an active response and if there are folk who just want to come up and uh, for prayer team to just bless a decision that you've made this morning that you are going to lay those things down and say yes to him that there's going to be an expectancy that he's going to change your story and that there's going to be an abundance of fruit if you need to kind of get out of your seat and just come up this way um, and receive a blessing then I'm, I'm just encouraging you to kind of come up um, and you can do that now. Yeah. And we'll pray for you uh, and we'll bless you. So if, if that's you, we're going to move into a time of worship. But let this be 
just responding. It's between you and him. You know, this is about intimacy. Okay, and if, 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 you, if you struggle with that, if that feels like really foreign to you, either because you're new to faith or maybe it's just been a long time. Or because you, you're a man. Or because <laughs> you're a man. Um, then again, come up. We'll pray for you. We'll pray God's blessing. Um, because this is part of your inheritance. You know, God's promised this stuff. So we'd love, we'd love to help you with that. Deb's yeah. going to just lead us in a little bit of gentle worship, but don't, don't switch off from what he's doing. And if you, have, if you have brought children, it'd be great if you could collect them. Because um, just gone over, just gone past 12, just to honor the children's teams that are on. But we'd love to pray for you and bless you as we worship now. <laughs> 